right, well, let's open up our Bibles together to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, we're going to be looking at verse 42 through 47. Um, I do want you to know that if you don't have a Bible today, please reach out to one of our Connect team. We'd love to get you a copy of God's Word, uh, especially if you don't own one. We believe the greatest thing in all the world that you can do is to open up God's Word, read it, and apply it in your life. And I just want to encourage you uh, to walk through God's Word uh, each and every day. We've been going through the book of Acts together in a series called Fresh, and we're just getting started. We might be hanging here for a couple years, so get used to opening up to the book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, we see the launch pad of this movement called the church, right? Uh, spreading the name of Jesus around the world, seeing people saved by the gospel of Jesus, transformed by the gospel of Jesus, and those disciples making disciples who make disciples who make disciples of all nations. And that movement that began right here in the book of Acts is fully alive today here in the city of Pittsburgh. Amen? Isn't it great being a part of the church of Jesus Christ? And so we're so thankful that you're here. What we've been doing over the last few weeks is we've been walking through Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2, and uh, what Jesus does is he gives a promise to his followers after his death, burial, and resurrection. And what he says is, you're going to see power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So he tells the church, wait, right, pray, and then you'll go. We don't go, right? When we just go, according to our plans, we will wait, and then at the last place we'll pray because nothing's working. There's no power in our plans, right? And so Jesus says, wait, pray, and then go. And so the church gets together, they wait, they pray, and as we started to read over the last two weeks, the Holy Spirit pours out at Pentecost, and incredible miracles of God start to happen. Amazing things start to happen. And Peter, led by the power of the Holy Spirit, rises up, preaches a sermon, and 3,000 plus get saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And who were those 3,000? As we learned last week, even through video, all nations all nations. Well, Jesus made a promise. You're going to see power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. What a time Pentecost was, where all nations were already in Jerusalem at a festival, and here they meet Jesus, carrying with them now the love and the gospel of Jesus back to all nations. What a movement. Well, for a lot of people, they would say, you know what? Time to pack it up. End of story, last chapter, we can't top this. I want you to know the rest of the book of Acts gets really exciting. But this is not just the uh, culmination or the ending of this movement. This is the launch pad of it. And we see an incredible summary of what the church begins to do as a result of Pentecost and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit with this incredible revival crusade. Listen, I grew up in a revival crusade culture. My dad, who will be here with us next week, 
Uh, my dad was one of Dr. Billy Graham's pastors and evangelists, and I would spend entire summers traveling around the world as a kid. I remember it was right around the time when I was like nine or ten years of age, literally the day after school got out, me, my brother, my sister wasn't in the world yet. Uh, she got married last weekend. It was a great celebration for our family. But me, my brother, my mom and dad, we took off and we spent an entire summer on the road. And what we did is we went, I know we really suffered for Jesus, we went to New Zealand and Australia. And what my dad did is he traveled all around New Zealand and Australia preaching in individual churches. And what he was doing was he was preaching many revivals to prepare the way for Dr. Billy Graham, who had preached these major crusades. And this is what I want you to know, which was so powerful. Not many people know this about the Billy Graham Association. But you can go and read up. Some of you guys don't know who Billy Graham is. Google him. God used this man in a mighty way to lead a lot of people to Jesus, one of the greatest evangelists our world has ever seen. But the core of the Billy Graham crusade life and ministry was the local church. Dr. Billy Graham would never come into any arena, would never speak in any crusade without first rallying the local church. And so there was tons of work, and my dad was part of that, where they would come around and help to train up and equip local churches and their people and their pastors to prepare the way for this moment of harvest. And then there was tons of work after Billy Graham would preach these crusades where you'd see thousands upon thousands of people come to know Jesus, helping those people take a next step to plug into the local church. You might ask, well, why did Dr. Billy Graham do this? Why didn't he just make it all about the big crusade and the big stage and the celebrities and all this other kind of stuff? You know why? Because he believes what we read about here in the book of Acts, that we as the church are a part of something that is more than Pentecost, more than just a one-time crusade, but a movement of God. You know, when you go and read in John chapter 14, Jesus promised some incredible things. And as he starts to lay out the helper, the Holy Spirit, to the people of God, he says before he talks about the Holy Spirit, he says, Hey, um, I know as I walk and talk on this earth with you disciples, we're doing some great things. I'm going to send you out into the world to do even greater things. Anybody else blown away by that? Anybody here want to do great things? Anybody? Raise your hand. All right, that's good news because I would have changed my sermon if y'all didn't. Gone into Revelation or something. Really made you depressed. Got angry. All right, we all want to do great things. God says through the power of the Holy Spirit that he wants to equip us to do even greater things than Jesus did on this earth. Wow. I don't know if y'all have read the Gospels. There's a few great things Jesus does. Well, here is the beginning of this movement. Let's read together. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. We've kind of put my sermon up here at the beginning. Believe it or not, I'm going to try and be super short this morning. Because I want to get away, get out of the way. And I want us to do what Jesus calls us to do in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 1. I want us to pray and to worship and to seek him because at the end of the day, it's not about us this more than Pentecost. It's Christ working in and through us. 
So I hope you're ready for some spirit margin today as we worship him. In that spirit margin, though, there's a foundation. The foundation is found in Acts 2, 42 through 47. It says, and they devoted. Everybody say devoted. All right, so there's going to actually be some responsibility in this. Not they casually when they felt like it. Maybe if the weather's good, the preacher's got something good for me, I'll show up. No, devoted means commitment, consistency, sacrifice. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs are being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, wow, not sure how they did it. Lord, just being honest, I don't know how I can even get people to show up four times a month. Day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food, saying, that's right, we deserve this. You better do this, God. No, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. What a prayer for us to pray for tonight as we're in our neighborhoods. That's not a selfish prayer. You're asking for favor, not for your fame, not for your glory. You're asking favor. I pray that tonight maybe as I'm sitting in front of my house at a fire pit, God might compel one of my neighbors to join me and have a seat. I can't remember when it was, Annabeth, it was like middle of the night or something, all our neighbors were out in the street. I had one of the coolest conversations. I truly don't know if my neighbor remembers it because he had had a little fun that night, but we jumped deep for about three hours into grace. I'm praying for one of those moments around the fire pit tonight. Having favor with all the people. And it says here, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Come on, Lord Jesus. We long for more than Pentecost. In Jesus' name, amen. We're a movement of truth, love, and community. And you might not recognize this, but as you come to a vintage church location, this was something that we started way back in New Orleans when I planted Vintage Church in my living room in the city of New Orleans in 2008. And then God called us three years ago to come up here and start Vintage Church in Pittsburgh. And you'll always see on the outside of our property, you'll see us promote that we are a movement of truth, love, and community. 
Why are we doing that? I've found, no matter what city I go into, that everyone is at some level interested in or searching for truth, love, and community. Now, a lot of people don't understand what that truth is. A lot of people don't understand what love is, especially with how misguided sometimes the world teaches us about true love. A lot of people don't really understand what community is, but I think we've learned, right, the necessity of community, especially in this pandemic season. Isolation has been one of the most intense parts of this pandemic. We need each other. And so we put that on billboards. We put that on signs. You'll see us even kind of promote that on social media because we're hoping to connect with everyone in our city because at the core, everyone in our city is looking for truth love, and community. But if you notice, once you come in the building and you hang out here, we don't just talk vaguely about truth. No, we talk about a very specific truth. We don't talk vaguely about love. No, we talk about a very biblical agape type of love. We don't talk just about community in terms of the way in which the world talks about community, joining a club or being a part of some sort of institution. No, we talk about being the bride of Christ, being the people of the true living God. And as we pray that you might be here, maybe you're giving church a try for the first time because you saw our sign on the road and you said, hmm, I'm looking for truth, love, and community. We hope to reveal to you that truth, love, and community is found in the name of Jesus. And I want you to know what Jesus Christ did for me at the age of seven as my dad preached a revival in the East Edgewater Baptist Church of New Orleans, Louisiana, when I was saved by the gospel of Jesus. What Jesus Christ has done for me, what Jesus Christ has done for so many who are here today, he can do the exact same thing for you. Will you give your life to Jesus today? I believe in Jesus' name. That his grace is here. He loves you so much and he wants to see you follow him all the days of your life. And when you come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, what we end up doing is we take you through a six-week class to help you understand that this salvation is only for you, about you, and to you be all glory and honor and praise. I'm kidding. Some of you are like, what? I missed that class. When did I, when did y'all offer that six-week class? I'd love to go to that class that's all about me, that's for me, that's all about my glory. Come on, Rob, sign me up. I'm there. No, what we do is we actually teach you that this beautiful salvation that's been given to you by grace through faith in Christ alone has unbelievable privilege and responsibility. See, I've found this, that people who've been loved much, love much. And we, Vintage Church, are a people who have been loved much. And because of that, we cannot stand the fact that there's people who've, in this city, not been loved by Jesus too. And so we do strategic things like, if y'all want to turn and look at the back wall, because we'll end our service today. We say, look... We want to send you out on mission. Yes, you might have come in knowing that we're a movement of truth, love, and community, but we desire for you to leave these doors on mission to live the gospel, to serve the city, and to be the church. This movement of truth, love, and community is summarized 
in Acts 2, 42-47. Now, I've preached this text, I promise you, I've got like 10 different sermons just on this text. And I honestly struggled because I was like, maybe we could spend like a, you know, 10-week series on just this text because there's so much. But I've decided we're just going to hit it once and we're going to keep going back to this because at the core... Some of these things are the foundational parts of who Vintage Church is. And you'll get to hear about that when you take a step towards our Connect track or you take a step to serve on one of our teams. You're going to hear Acts 2, 42 through 47. But I want to share with you taking the word devoted and considering that we are a movement of truth, love, and community. I want to show to you the foundational responsibility that we have our part Believing God for his part to bring more than Pentecost in our city. And can we believe together? I want to see some nodding here. Can we believe in Jesus' name for more than Pentecost in our city? Man, I hope you want that. Man, I want to see revivals happen in this city. The conversation that was even in my basement last night, so in need of the love of Jesus, the city needs Jesus. Jesus promised us greater things. So, if you're taking notes, write these down. We are devoted, first of all, to truth. In this text, this devotion to truth is summarized in two ways. A devotion to truth with God's word and God's presence. God's word and God's presence. In verse 42, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, the apostles' teaching, the teaching of the word of God, right? I pray that we would remain faithful to teaching the word of God. You don't want the word of Rob here. Ain't going to help you. What you need is the word of God. And why were these apostles teaching the word of God? Because God's word, inspired by God's word, will not return void, amen? It's spirit and it's life, but also Jesus gave them authority. Gave them authority. At some level, it's not about picking and choosing pastors or teachers or whatever. you got to ask yourself, did God give them authority to be in that position to proclaim God's word? And if so... Maybe something's happening that's far greater than they bring to the table. They're devoted to God's word. I love also this, to fellowship. Fellowship, guys, is something that's like an in-house activity. Hospitality is something that I'm going to do tonight around a fire pit. I'm inviting neighbors and outsiders, quote-unquote, to come and sit down and enjoy Butterfingers, Right? and to just talk and make fun of kids, right? That's hospitality. Fellowships amongst family. And may I submit to you what fellowship was all about when it came to the local church? God's word. This was the uniting factor. We encourage you each and every week to take what we walk through on Sundays and get in one of our V groups and in our V groups, yes, we want to hang. Yes, we want to enjoy some good food. Yes, we want to share prayer requests. But at the core of everything we do in terms of this next step after sitting in rows to sit in circles is we surround ourselves around the word of God. We want to be devoted to truth, God's word. 
Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the vision of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. But how about God's presence? God's presence says also in verse 42, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And the prayers. A.W. Tozer said this, one important point many fail to understand is that the Bible was never meant to replace God. Rather, it was meant to lead us into the heart of God. Too many Christians stop with the text and never go on to experience the presence of God. God's word is alive. And so God's word in an alive way pushes us into God's presence. In two specific ways, the breaking of bread and prayers. Yes, breaking of bread in the early church was enjoying a meal. Hope you guys like to eat. What a great way for you to connect with neighbors tonight, to put some food out on the front porch, to invite some people to come and enjoy some gumbo. But the breaking of bread also is talking about the Lord's Supper here, where we reflect on the body of Christ that was broken for us, This is only for believers. This is fellowship. And the blood of Christ that was shed for us, it's through Christ's body, through Christ's blood that we have life. So God's presence and then prayers. I've talked about prayers a lot already, and we need to keep talking about prayers because prayer is where the action is. But this church prayed. They were devoted to truth. And it says something amazing in verse 43, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs are being done through the apostles because they were devoted to truth. Secondly, we are devoted to love. We're devoted to love. And in regards to love, what you find the church uniting to do day by day is, number one, worship. (laughs) Can we thank God for our team that leads us in worship on stage every single week? Can we thank God for Jake and Josiah and Phoebe and so many others? Man, I love our team here. But we do understand that if this is day by day, Jake, are you ready to plan a worship service on a stage day by day, every single day? This isn't just about music worship. This is about living worship. Do you know that some of you have the greatest opportunity on Monday after your candy hangover to be a worship leader at work? This is living worship. Look in verse 46. And day by day, yes, attending to the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. This living worship in the temple, yes, meals in homes, glad and generous hearts. Man, I hope that you would have maybe this prayer and desire every time you gather with the church, I don't care wherever it is, to just say, thank you, Jesus. For me, gratitude unlocks a lot of nastiness in my life. If I would just stop complaining, stop being overwhelmed, and just start saying thank you, Jesus. Because no matter where we're at, we have a lot to thank Jesus about. And the very food by which they were enjoying together, they were thankful to our God. 
verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people. I think there's just something powerful about praising God. If I can submit this to us here today, if we are God's people, and let's say someone were to come, maybe that's you here today, and you would come into this place and, how great is our God, sing with me, everybody sing with me, how great is our God. But then we go back and hang out and watch the Steelers lose to the Browns today. And we're like, go Steelers! Go! Who that? They're going to be like, okay, I know which God they serve. Well, sing with me, oh great is our God. You'll see why Jake's not letting me sing on stage. Can we be a place filled with praise and joy? Are y'all with me? And I'm not asking you to be a personality you're not. Most of y'all are chill. You're not weird like me. All right? Like, I'm, I'm just telling you, I can't help myself anywhere I go. I got a 15-yard penalty at one of my kids' games this year because I was on the sideline and I yelled at the ref. And Coach Rossi now won't let me on his sidelines anymore, right? And so, like, that's, I'm just a passionate guy, so I'm not, I'm not telling you to be me. In your own way, sometimes reverence is passion. Can we be honest? You can be still and be passionate, but let's be all about it. If we want to see more than Pentecost on the streets, I just don't think it's going to happen if we're not fired up here where we should believe in more than Pentecost. So there is worship, and then there's one another. And I'm just going to be honest, and it's good that she's not here because she'd probably be mad at me, but God's given us a gift at Vintage Church in Lauren, France. And if you've noticed over the last few weeks, Lauren will close out our, our service today. But Lauren has been a real gift because God's used her in powerful ways. As she comes in, she's going to be mad at me for doing this. But God's actually used her in powerful ways for years now to love and inspire churches towards generosity. She works for an organization that helps churches do this all over the country. And she's here. And so I've kind of said, Lauren, have fun. Inspire us to be a generous people. If we want to experience more than Pentecost, we can't be stingy people. We can't be all about ourselves. But God has blessed us with so much to be a blessing. And it says right there in verse 44, And all who believed were together and had all things in common. There was a one anotherness that started to form. Yes, I might have a house, but my house, mi casa es su casa. Come enjoy a meal. Here, take my coat. Just a little side note. Do you know we're running out of coats at our Mount Washington Community Center at Venice Church? So if you all got some extra coats, man, we'd love to fill up some hangers this week because there's a lot of people in need in our city right now that need coats. Y'all with me? Like, this is how more than Pentecost starts to form. 
a one-anotherness starts to form. Lastly, and I'm going to close with this. Jake, y'all better get up here because I, I want that spirit margin today. I want us to praise. We are devoted to community. We're devoted to truth, devoted to love, devoted to community. And now this is what Lauren has already been establishing and, and, and laying a foundation for us as we start to dream for 2022. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and give you a date. Everybody write it down. I want you to write this down. Friday night, December 10th. Everybody write it down. Friday night, December 10th. All right, whatever plans you have. Uh, Ma'am, sir, that anniversary dinner needs to be canceled. Okay, Friday night, December 10th, we're going to have a big Christmas party here, a vision night, and we're going to celebrate all that God has done in our church and start believing God for even more as we move into 2022 together. And so what we're going to talk about is partnership. Check out verse 45. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. There's sacrifice here. They're not coming into a church and saying, well, I tithe here, so pastor, you better perform here. No. They're not customers. They're partners. It's in a club. That's why we call our membership here partnership, not membership, because it's less about privilege and it's more about partnership. And how about you? But some of us, we're all walking around life saying, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me. Stop focusing on you. It's amazing. Anytime I extend myself away from myself, isn't it crazy how this happens? When I serve someone else, I actually get more out of it than the people I'm serving. See, there's something about this more than Pentecost. The church coming together, selling, giving, and there, blessing, being a blessing. And then the mission happens. This is what I want us to pray for says at the end of verse 47 and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved now on one side of this text just notice the summary of this text is not just that one verse and the Lord added to their number day by day there's a word there and it says and which means what there's a bunch of stuff that was said before this word and so anyone thankful? Okay, let's just take the pressure off ourselves because on this Reformation Sunday, this is not about us or our church. It's about grace through faith in Christ alone. Anyone thankful in this room? Okay, I'm going to be the first to admit it because my feet are hurting like a beast right now and I don't even know how I'm making sense to you guys. All right? I'm on some painkillers that I shouldn't even really be preaching. This is kind of dangerous. Annabeth has been nervous all morning. I'm just telling you straight up, anyone thankful in this house that God has used you despite you? Anyone thankful? Man, I am. Good Lord. Thank you, God, for even when I fail to be devoted. Like, that is not a characteristic of my life. Somehow God has used me. Because that's what we believe about the gospel. You can't, but Jesus did. But because Jesus did... Now you can. That's how we explain the gospel here in this very religious city where we should be celebrating Reformation Sunday. 
But because I've been loved much, because God's grace has been so amazing, grace, grace, God's grace. into this militantly and religiously because I have to. I go into it because I want to. And at the end of the day, I don't just want to. I believe for more than Pentecost. And I got a weird feeling as I'm looking across this room. So do you. You know this life is not just about you. You know this church is not just about us. God has raised us up to be the light of the world. I want every head to be bowed, every eye to be closed. How can we be devoted to truth, love, and community? For some of you, the first step, you can't live for Jesus without Jesus today. Give your life to Jesus. Receive this amazing grace. For those of you who know Jesus, start to ask yourself, all right, Lord, truth. Where are you calling me? God's word. God's presence. Do I need to wake up 30 minutes extra each morning so that I can have margin before the kids go nuts? just enjoy your word and your presence devoted to truth devoted to love the breaking of bread to prayers enjoying God's presence community the one anotherness I encourage you everybody, most people who are lonely right now are just thinking that nobody else is lonely right now if you just be brave enough to reach out to a brother or sister and say, hey, I'd just like to get coffee with you once a week, you'd be surprised that that person is craving for coffee once a week. Let's believe God for a one anotherness. And then community. And in this community, let's believe God for true partnership, sacrifice, taking shirts off our back for those who don't have shirts. For us to do that with glad and generous hearts, praying that we would be a blessing after being so blessed. And may the results of that in Jesus' name, as we now sing together and seek God and pray together, may the results of that be the prayer, the anthem, the promise in Acts chapter 2, verse 47, that day by day, not just once a week in a church building, not just at a crusade once a year, but day by day, those who heard, experienced this church that was devoted to truth, love, and community would be saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let's stand to our feet, Lord Jesus, we bow before you, and as we sing to you, we give you all glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.